0: God is doing something in this house. And he gave me a couple scriptures for you that you guys are like a house on a hill that cannot be hidden. And that there's something that's coming from this house that's overflowing into the region and beyond. He also gave me a scripture in Matthew that says, what I tell you in the dark, I want you to speak in the light. What I whisper in your ear, you will proclaim from the housetops. So I believe that there's a prophetic voice in this house that what goes on here is going to be released and it's going to change atmosphere see it's so important that we are a prophetic church in this day and time you know there's a big part of the church body that is a traditional legalistic second timothy having a form of godliness but denying the power there's a lot of church that is caught up in that old church mold but look that is not what god is doing in this day and season It's not. He is raising up a prophetic people because how God moves on the earth is through us. People are like, oh, they think God's just going to do things. And sometimes he does, but often he does it through us. So he wants to start speaking to his people in the dark so we can come into agreement with what he's saying. And then as we proclaim it and declare it, we actually bring it to pass. He's given us the authority. We're co-creators with God. And I believe part of why I'm here is to ignite. I kept hearing the word in my spirit, ignite, ignite. And let me tell you, when I pressed in on that, on that you know, when you, when you think of ignite, maybe you think of a candle that's not lit and you need to light it. But the Lord told me, no, no, this candle here is already lit. I'm not coming to light anything. It's already lit. But I felt like he wanted me to bring a little prophetic piece to, to fan the flame fan the flame. And I see the flame growing, growing, growing. And I actually looked up ignite. And there were a couple key words. It was trigger. When you ignite, you trigger. You spark. You stir up. You set in motion. So I believe right now we're in a spiritual season where I want to impart a little bit to some people here because and what I'm going to teach just a couple nuggets today is that the prophetic is not just for a select anointed few. Now God has chosen and or ordained specific people to be prophets and to stand in the office of a prophet and that is a God-ordained position. But Every believer is called to hear God in the quiet and to declare from the rooftops and to prophesy and declare. And I believe for this house, what needs to be ignited is everyone, we all have the Holy Spirit inside of us. And some of our lights are real bright and some are just a little dim, but I think what's going to happen here is there's going to be more people coming into the fullness of what is already inside of you. It's already in you. We just need to fan the flame and get what's in you coming a a little more engaged and a little more activated. You know, my husband and I, uh, we lead a church in, in Redondo Beach. My husband is an awesome, anointed, prophetic, powerful man of God. I'm so blessed to have this awesome man of God. I waited a long time to be married, a long time, girls, single ladies. I don't know. This is a different region, but in L.A., it's so different. It's so different. It's not as family-focused, so we don't always have that family thing going right away. And I didn't get married till I was 39. But you know what? I waited. I waited on God, and God brought me an awesome man. So I just encourage, just a little shout-out to the single men and women, wait for the God one. Wait. God will find you your mate. God who parted the Red Sea can get your husband or wife to you. He can do it. You don't need, any, you don't need to help him out. He can do it. You don't have to help him out. Oh, I, don't, I can't believe I'm even going here, but let me just tell you. I went to a little bitty church, little bitty church, almost an hour from my house because it was an on-fire church. I had a lot of church near my house that was good-looking L.A. church. Come on, good-looking church, BMW church. And it was all right next to my house. I could have just ran in there, but it was just good-looking BMW, dry, no-spirit church. So I had to drive because a church alive is worth the drive. So I had to drive a long way to a little, little bitty church that was, you know, a little little small town, not a cool town. Everyone was married. There were about 40 people only in the church. No new people. No new people ever came into the church, ever. It was not a seeker-friendly church. That wasn't the call. It was like a radical, revelatory church proclaiming it was just it was that kind of church and I knew it's where God wanted me and I said one day God if you could bring my husband here I know it'd be a miracle because I've been here for seven years and I've never seen anyone new walk in the door ever and then one day and then one day there he was out of nowhere and the church was also about an hour from his house but God brought him there God can do it And not just with a spouse, but with your finances, with your career, with everything that you're you're struggling in right now or wanting or desiring, God can do it. So let me go back and say that um, it's a season of activation. And what the Spirit of God spoke to me and what we're imparting even in our body is it's not just activation, but it looks like the Acts Church did where there wasn't one or two anointed people, everyone brought a peace. So what the Holy Spirit told me is it's not just a season of activation, but it's a season of activation. tivation <laughs> We're in a season of activation. tivation We're not trying to do a new thing. We're not trying to create a new church. It's, you know We don't have to reinvent the wheel. God already did it. We just need to get back to its original intent where we're all activated with, with everything that's flowing, everything that's in us coming out. Different anointings, different gifts, but everyone has something. So what I see in this house, let me just pray into this. I just feel even like a Lazarus thing, that there's some, there's some people that have been hurt. There's some people that have been jaded. There's some people that have been betrayed either by people or by a church and have wounds and, and things and walls, but it's time for those walls to come down. So I just prophetically declare, Lazarus, come forth. It's time to come out of the dead places, the dry places, and come into life. I pray for those here that are heavy laden. I thank you, Father God, that right now we just, we cast our burdens and our cares unto you. I just felt a bit of a spirit of heaviness on some people that the the burdens of life, the pressures of life are weighing people down. So I just prophetically and spiritually with the authority that I have in Christ, I'm not special, I just know the authority that I have in Christ. So with that authority, I come against that heaviness now in Jesus' mighty name. I command even that some came in with a very heavy depression on them, saying, I just don't even know. I just don't even know if I can do this. I break that now in Jesus' name. The enemy is a liar. You are not alone. You have a purpose and a plan. God has a destiny and a future for you, and the enemy is not going to take you out. Coming out coming out. I see a lot of people in this house coming out, coming out of where you've been, coming out of old dry places, coming out of paths and directions that you're not called to walk in and turning, turning to a new direction. There's a turnaround coming. There's a turnaround in marriages. There's a turnaround in finances. I feel like there's a financial burden on people, a financial burden. I thank you, Father God, that that our daddy is rich, that you are rich. Thank you, God, that you are rich, that there's plenty in heaven to pour out. That you're a supernatural God financially and that you want to meet the needs of your people. Okay, this is a whole different thing. I can't believe the Lord's telling me to go this, but I believe that there's some... i got to just follow the Holy Spirit. This is so off the cuff. But look, if you're struggling financially, you have got to get in alignment with what the Word says financially. If you're struggling financially and you feel like you don't have enough, the way to... Get more is not to store. <laughs> the way to get more is not to store, but you gotta sew into the storehouse. This is totally from heaven. This was not in my heart when I came here. This was not in my heart. I know there's some people with financial burden. The Bible says you don't store, you sow into the storehouse. And when you get your finances in order with God's ways, even though it doesn't make sense, he'll supernaturally stretch it and he'll supernaturally bring it from other places and he'll bless you financially. Look, a lot of, I'm so, so i not I just can't even believe I'm going here. A lot of things that we want in all areas of our life start with the finances. So we can be praying all sorts of other things, but obedience commands the blessing. And the treasure of our heart is money. Oh, my goodness gracious. And when we are obedient with money, then all the other things start to fall into place. But we're trying to pray for an anointing, and we're trying to pray for this, and we're trying to pray for a ministry, and we're trying to pray pray for a career, but that main thing isn't in order. It's really saying, you know what, God, I don't really trust you. And it's saying that we're led by our reasoning mind and not by the spirit. So I don't know. I guess that might be a word for this house, for some people in this house. Because part of a house, you know, we all love the prophetic, like, we're a powerful house. And we're going to affect the nations. And we're going to do all these things. But there has to be unity in the house. And there has to be a yielding and a submitting to authority. God's authority first. And then the authority in the house. And see, when all, when these kind of things start to come into order with everyone in the house, then that flame starts to go. Then you're going to start seeing more signs and wonders and miracles and all sorts of supernatural things. You're going to start to see you be able to touch the community in a way that you have never seen before. But a lot of it starts with you. With you. With you. With your choices. With where you're living according to obedience. Because unity begins with you. So as much as I'm unified with the word and I'm unified with my brother, then I bring the spirit of unity to the house. <sighs> Come on. You know this is good. This is all from the spirit. So I just pray that this goes deep. I pray this goes deep. It's a time for order. And let me tell you, another word I've been getting, I might just prophesy the whole message and not even teach it. I might just p- <laughs> prophesy it. It's preface Okay. <sighs> It's a time to rise. God has been speaking to me. It is time for the body of Christ to rise. It is time for us to rise now into maturity. It's time. It's time. You know, the path is narrow, and it depends how much you want from God. It depends how much you want for the kingdom. I want a lot, and God's told me if you want a lot, it's narrow. It's narrow. I'm going to teach a little bit from this today, but, you know, God has so much grace on us. We're all wounded. We're all wounded. I'm wounded, but I'm not as wounded as I used to be. Amen. Praise God, right? Right? <laughs> I'm not there. I haven't arrived, but I'm a lot less wounded than I used to be. You know, we're all wounded. And a lot of us are, are acting and responding and reacting out of our wounds, getting offended. You know, you did this, I did that, but that's, you, it's my wounds, it's my wounds that make me act and react that way. And I believe the Lord's saying the grace for just acting and reacting out of your own flesh and out of our own wounds, he's saying it's time to rise. It's time to Two things. One, make a choice and you just act in love. You act according to the word, regardless of how you feel. But two, you got to go deep with God. You got to go deep with God and let Him into those places so He can heal and mend you. Without spot or wrinkle, a church without spot or wrinkle or blemish. But you know what? It's not my pastor's job to do it for me. It's not an anointed man on television's job to do it for me. They give me the tools. They put them in my hands. But I have to go into that secret place with God. Because no man is my healer. No woman is my healer. God is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that heals me. Back to that scripture. I believe this is a prophetic scripture for the house. What God does in the secret, in the hidden, in the dark, then we come out proclaiming with power and authority. Just like Jesus, he went into the wilderness, he was broken down, but he came out with power. So we can't just get power. I can't just lay hands on you and give you an anointing. Let me tell you that. Being in the anointing and being prayed for by someone with an anointing doesn't give you an anointing. The time of the prayer cloth, sorry, it just, you know, could that bring a healing? Maybe. But you're not going to get an anointing by someone just giving it to you. You get an anointing by going through things and going into things with God and letting him in, letting him break you, letting him heal you, letting him restore you, walking in faith and not by sight, being obedient when it hurts. God tells me when sometimes obedience, I'm like, God, I I can't do it. He's like, you're not, you know, crying tears and sweating tears, are you? I mean, is it that hard? Jesus shed blood because the obedience was so hard. He's like, are you there yet? I'm like, oh, no. You can do it, he was saying to me. You can do it, and I'm saying that to you. You can do it. It's time for order. It's time for alignment so that this house can go to the next level. So I hope that bears witness with you all. Next level. Next level. Father, I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Father, for a wave of healing coming to this house. I thank you, God, that old things are passing away and all things are becoming new. I thank you, Father, for those that need to come up, and especially men. I see a lot of anointed men in this house. And women, too. Don't get me wrong. Ladies, I love you. You're anointed. You're anointed by God. But I'm seeing some men that are about to come more into their leadership role because it is important that the men are in proper position in that head place. And then then we as women can flourish, too, and we can come forward. But I see men. I see men in this house starting to come into a greater anointing and starting to come more into their position in the kingdom. In the kingdom. Thank you, Father, that things are shifting. Things are shifting. Angels, I thank you, Lord, that you're moving and things are shifting in this house, shifting in this house, getting things in order, getting people in positions, getting generals and getting the army, getting the army right and getting it aligned and getting it in order to go forth and to release the kingdom in this region and beyond, in this region and beyond, in this region and beyond, that what happens in this house is going to overflow in this region and beyond in Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen. Thank you guys. Hi, welcome. <laughs> Woo. All right, was that okay with you all? Okay. Did that align with some things in the house that because I don't know really anything about your house or what you're doing, but did that resonate with some things that God has been speaking? Okay, good. Thank you. Good. Woo. All right, well, it's time to go. <laughs> I'll be quick. What's important about the prophetic, you know, the prophetic, uh, it illuminates some things that are currently happening. It shines a light on things, but then it also shows us things that are going to happen. But what I love to do also is, is teach kind of from a prophetic bent so that, <coughs> so that I can help you have the tools and the stepping stones to step your way into the prophetic word. Because the prophetic is um, It's an availability. But we are co-creators, so just because you get a prophetic word doesn't mean it's necessarily that's it, or if it doesn't come to pass, the prophet was wrong, and we have to cooperate. So I want to give you just a little nugget today that I believe is going to ignite and help to shift everybody into a deeper uh, place of them being ignited. Does that sound good? But first, let me just share a minute. Uh, Let me just introduce myself since I haven't even done that. I like to go right into the things of the spirit. Hi, my name is Rubia Scott. (laughs) I'm from California with my husband James that I introduced. Um, Thank you, pastors, for having me. Thank you, people of your church, for having me here. It's only God. I mean, it's a divine connection because we don't know each other. It just makes no sense how we, we would be connected, but only God. So I'm honored to be here and be in a part of a house that is really uh, moving in the spirit. I love the things of the spirit. Love, love, love. So my husband and I lead a church. Uh, It's called Deeper Life because we like to go deep. Um, I just wrote a book recently. It came out the end of last year. It's called Counterfeit Comforts. I'll share a tiny little bit with you about this book today. Not too much, but just a couple nuggets. Uh, So I've been traveling quite a lot all over the country speaking about my book and then also just flowing prophetically as the Lord leads me. You know, it's so awesome to be in the Holy Spirit. When you write a book, you know, you're supposed to go to churches and really just try to talk about your book. And, you know, right after my book came out, I had all these churches, and I felt the Lord say, don't even talk about your book. Just go with the Spirit. So it's so different when you're in the Spirit. You do what God wants you to do. You're not trying to market or do any of this. We don't need to do that in our lives, Christians. We don't need to try to promote ourselves or market our thing or make our life happen. All we have to do is stay tethered to the Spirit, and he'll do it. He'll do it. So good. So I've been in ministry, full-time ministry now, for 20 years. But before full-time ministry, you heard Pastor Cher, I have an interesting background. I started at the age of 16 years old. Well, first of all, at the age of 12, I saw the movie Flashdance. Got a big old perm, and I was, you know, around my house, like, doing the the moves, and so I decided from that moment on I wanted to be a professional dancer, and I had some gifting in the area of dancing, and I started taking dance classes, and by the time I was 16, I got an agent and started going on auditions and um, booking jobs, and when I was 20 years old, I got a call to go do a music video for Prince, we know Prince. And uh, the one music video turned into all the music videos off the album. The album was called Diamonds and Pearls, which was a very big album for him. And there it is. I'm on the left. I played Pearl. He wound up naming us. The girl on the right was Diamond. He named me Pearl. And uh, that was from the Cream video. I don't know if you remember any of that. Uh, This is all my BC, before Christianity days, (laughs) when I was uh, dancing on music videos. Uh, (laughs) I was not a Christian. But uh, yeah, so we traveled all over internationally. I was on the album cover, toured with him. It was an incredible experience, really was. He was a wonderful person. So grieved to hear that he passed away. I always believed that God would reunite us now that where I am in the Lord, and I know he was uh, really seeking the things of God. He went a little bit in a different direction with some things, and I was believing I was going to have that opportunity, but I didn't. But I do think he really loved Jesus, and I believe he's with the Lord. So, so that was that. Then I, I retired at 22 from dancing because after I was on tour with Prince, and I, I did a whole lot of dance jobs, but I thought, where are you going to go from here? And I don't want to be dancing in music videos when I'm 40. So I'm going to retire. <laughs> it's cute when you're 20. Uh, <laughs> uh, so then I started acting, and I booked different TV jobs, and then I wound up getting the show Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So I don't know if you remember, this is now, it's been 20 years the anniversary is 20 years this year. How does that happen? So I played the school teacher. I was the love interest to Giles right there. Again, I was supposed to just do one episode and it turned into being on the show for a few years. And as I was on the show, I was seeking God, I've always been seeking God, I've always been a believer in God, I was raised Catholic, always believed in God. Um, But I was seeking because I was, even though I was successful, I was making a lot of money, I was traveling around the world, I kind of had the whole thing. Everything was great. But where I was on the inside was still struggling. So I was a chain smoker. I was anxious. I was tormented. I was overspending. Uh, One of the main issues uh, I was really dealing with was food and body image. You know, being a woman, women just, we just get hit by the enemy in that area. I don't know a woman I don't know a woman who doesn't get affected in that area, but then being a dancer and an actress on top of it just exaggerates the situation. So I was really in bondage. You know, I was starving and then binging and you know, consumed all day with what I was going to eat, what I was not going to eat. And that is just not a place to live. <laughs> that is not freedom. And even though I was on TV and I looked so powerful and glamorous, where I was on the inside was not that. So I was really seeking God, and where I live, and I know this region is, is more of a Christian region, but in California, in Southern California, it's not a Christian region. And if you're seeking God, you, you more bump up against the New Age movement. And New Age is more spiritual. It's like, I'm not religious. I'm spiritual. I'm like, yeah, I am too. I'm not religious. I'm spiritual. But you don't understand. But their spiritual is more everything goes spiritual, whatever feels right for you, whatever feels right. All different gods, you know, yoga, meditating, all chakras. So I got into that. I I was seeking that, and I started reading all these self-help books and, you know, doing different things, which self-help is actually an oxymoron because I realized later it's myself that's totally a mess, and here I am looking for myself to get me out of the mess because if myself knew what the heck it was doing, I wouldn't be in this mess in the first place. So I need something higher than myself. Hello, self-help. I'm a smart girl, and all my smartest thinking got me all messed up. So... And I was so deep in all the new age, but I had to be honest with myself, because I was still chain-smoking, I was still tormented, I was reading every book, I was going to every class, I was, you know, all that kind of stuff, and I wasn't getting free. And something inside of me just knew inherently that if I could connect with the real God in a real way, it would reflect in my life. So it uh, drove me into seeking. And I have a whole crazy testimony. I'm not going to go into it too much. If you want to hear it, I do have one CD in the back. It's called Tools for Transformation. And I go into a little bit more of my CD about how God wooed me. And he, it's some funny stories. It was a gang of Jesus bikers, all, I mean, on the freeway. God, it's funny. God is God is funny. And he's so personal. And I started asking for signs, and I got crazy signs. So, he started to, to really pull me in. And, and finally, I made a decision. I said, okay, I'm going to become a Christian. And I was working on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So as I'm growing in the things of God, I'm going to work. And there, you know, if you know that show, it was a, it was a well-written show. It was, you know, it was the theme was good. It was, you know, good over light over darkness. But there were a lot of occult uh, witchcraft. It was very prevalent in witchcraft and they really did their research on the show they didn't just make up things they studied things out and studied spells and things so when the actors were saying spells and you were in some cavern and it was all dark in there you could feel the demonic presence i mean it was strong and my spirit just started to get grieved and i just was i was just felt torn i just didn't feel like i wanted to be in that anymore, and as I started growing in the things of God, I just, the Lord started showing me that the gift for communication, the gift for expression was really for the kingdom, and that doesn't mean he doesn't call some people to the entertainment industry because he needs lights everywhere, he needs lights everywhere, but for me, I knew that there was a change coming, I knew that that was for a time and season, but I was built to do this work for the kingdom. So I walked away from acting, didn't even have a ministry, just stepped out in faith, trusted God that he would make a way, and let me tell you, it was some rocky roads. It was some rocky roads, but it taught me how to depend on God. It taught me, especially financially, how to depend on God as my source. No person is my source. I'm not even my source. God is my source. So I say that to encourage you also. So let me tell you just a little bit about counterfeit comforts because this is one of the first revelations that I got from God. Are you guys all with me? Are you good? Okay. One of the first revelations. So I'm a new Christian. I'm in a spirit-filled church. God's moving. You know, things are happening. I feel myself getting free, but the area with food was getting worse. And I said, what is going on here? Why is this getting worse? I was in more bondage to bulimia than ever a year or two into my Christian walk. And the Spirit of God spoke to me, and he said, you know, we have an enemy, and he comes to steal, kill, and destroy, John 10.10. And now that you're in the kingdom, the enemy is going to turn up the heat. He was messing with you before, but now you're on the road to your destiny. Now I have something for you, and now the enemy is going to really try to steal, kill, and destroy. He's going to find any vulnerability you have. Listen, I'm telling you, this isn't just my story. This is for you. He's going to find any vulnerability you have, and he's going to go after it. So the Lord spoke to me, and he said, I want you to take, you know, an offensive approach. (laughs) You can't just be defensive. You need to start going after those places. So I cried out to God one day, and I said, God, help me. Why can I not get free from food? And in my spirit, I heard food is a counterfeit comfort. I had never heard anyone say that. I had never heard anyone preach it. I knew it was the Holy Spirit, and then the revelation started to come. He said, food is not your problem. And I'll say this for anyone here, alcohol is not your problem. Cigarettes are not your problem. Overspending is not your problem. Having a lot of different sexual relationships outside of marriage, it's not your problem. It's the fruit of a root. So what God said to me is, you can try to fix your problem. You can try to cut out carbs and only eat broccoli, and blah, 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 (laughs) blah. But (laughs) that's not going to deal with the problem. If you let me into the root, then I'll help you heal the fruit. And then the food issue will just take care of itself because you don't have an issue with food. You have an emotional issue. See, the Holy Spirit is called the comforter, but you don't know how to engage with him to comfort you. So when you need comfort, when you're feeling rejected, when you're feeling lonely, when you're feeling abandoned, when you're feeling bored, when you're needing something, you're looking to something to get comfort. And he said, I want to teach you how to transfer that dependence from the counterfeit onto me, the true comforter. So that really is what this book is about. It's about learning how to get into that place where we can connect with God. Every single person is meant to hear God's voice. The Bible says, my sheep hear my voice. It's not for a select few. In all the years I've been doing ministry, probably the number one thing I hear the most is, I don't hear God. And people that have been in church for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, I don't hear God. I love God. I read the Bible. I pray to God, but I don't hear and experience him. And that is what crushes my heart. And that is a part of what God has put in my ministry to get people into a place to know that you can hear God. Because part of our Christian walk is second-hand revelation. Part of my walk with God is reading books, hearing from pastors, listening to things, and gleaning from what those have gone before, gleaning from their wisdom. But our entire Christian walk should not be based on second-hand revelation. A big part of our Christian walk is firsthand revelation, what God tells me, what God tells you. Because no counselor could have told me this. No counselor, one moment in God's presence talking to me about counterfeit comforts completely changed my life. And then he took me through a process, a process. Let me tell you, a lot of healing is a process. It's not just like this. It's a process. And what I go through in this book is something I've seen. I know you guys deal a lot with emotional healing here, but what I see a lot in the body is people don't teach the process. You're just supposed to be healed and you just say a prayer and you expect to be healed. And no one teaches you. You kind of have to go down before you go up. And God breaks you down and it gets ugly and funky and uncomfortable. And it doesn't feel like you're in God. Well, this doesn't look like God. I'm not full of joy, but that's part of the process. You go through a weird abyss where your things are breaking off of you and you kind of feel like a blob and you don't know who you are. It's like you have to let go and dispossess before you can possess. But there's things that are going on inside of you during that that are just weird and uncomfortable and if you don't know it's a part of the process you might think of is this even God? What's even going on here? So we have to understand how he brings us out of where we've been and brings us into a new place. And that's what he's gifted me to do, to help people step-by-step understand the process. And also step-by-step, not a formula, because there's no formula to God, but giving people understanding about how to get into that place, that intimate place where you can connect with God for yourself. So counterfeit comforts. And it's not just for women, even though it's all gooey with lipstick on the cover. So I, I had this cover... Because when it comes to going deep in emotional healing, um, it's usually a topic that a lot of women lean toward a little bit more than men, Christian living, a lot of women lean toward it. But I knew what was in here was for men also, so I said, God, what can we do about this? Because I don't see a man sitting at Starbucks reading this with lipstick on the cover. Like, what can I do about this cover? How can men read it? Uh, we need another cover. And I got kind of a God idea. See, God is so good. He said, make another cover. So I made this, can you pop it up on the screen too? I made this sticker. (laughs) And the Lord gave this exact vision to me in my eye, in my inner thing, and it's just counterfeit comforts, exposing the imposters. So it sounds like this espionage, like this cool thriller spy book. So, yeah, isn't that good? Only God, right? So ladies, you can get it, and then when you're done, you slap the cover on, and you just leave it there for your husband. He won't feel ridiculous reading that. He'll feel like he's reading some cool novel. <laughs> oh. So yeah, this is a season where God is really going into the roots. He's really going deep in people. I know you've been speaking, we spoke a little bit, you've been speaking about holiness and a scripture that's been resonating in my heart is 2 Corinthians 7.1. For about a year now, I would say this scripture. But I believe it's also for this house. Beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Whew. Yeah. <laughs> that is the season we're in right now. And how that happens is going deep and hearing God and letting him heal. So I want to talk just briefly, a few minutes, about the prophetic. And then I want to flow a little bit more in the spirit just for a couple minutes before we go because I know it's getting late. So I'm just going to jump around and just give you a few nuggets about the prophetic. I just learned this. I listened to Perry Stone. Do you guys know Perry Stone? Perry Stone. Oh, he's such a good teacher, and he knows all the Hebrew, all that whole side that I'm not as knowledgeable in. So I love to glean from him. So I was just flipping around watching him on YouTube uh, because I'm so so big right now about the power of the mouth and about how we are in a prophetic season and it's time to activate everyone to be in their prophetic anointing. And he said this, he said 2017, he's all about numbers. He said, so we're in the year 2017 and 17, the letter, the 17th letter In the Hebrew alphabet is pay. And the symbol for pay is mouth. So he talked all about how there is something prophetically happening in 2017, that this is the year that believers know how to release from their mouth. And that is going to be so key for all of us in releasing the kingdom. To obtain victory, it's crucial. (laughs) It's crucial that we confess, release, and declare with our mouth. We must know and experience the fullness of who God is in order to obtain the fullness of all he has for us and to operate in the fullness of all he has for other people. We must know the fullness of the Holy Spirit right now. We must know it and then know how to release it. Because when we experience the fullness, then we're able to obtain everything God has for us, and then we're able to release it to other people. And a big part of that right now is through hearing, healing, and releasing. Hearing, healing, and releasing. Hearing, healing, and declaring. What I tell you in the dark, you'll release in the light. Time, time, time. Okay, I'm going to I'm going to blast through cuz I just want to I have to hit scripture. I have to hit scripture, so I'm going to blast through. All the gifts of the Holy Spirit are meant for everyone. All the gifts of the Holy Spirit are for you and you and you and you. See, this is a big misconception of the body of Christ that there're certain gifts and God gives certain gifts to certain people, but that's not scriptural. Oh, well, this person has this gift, that person has that gift. No, God is no respecter of persons. And actually, when it comes to the word gifts, that's not the best translation. It really is manifestation. A gift is a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. If you have the Holy Spirit, you have every part of the Holy Spirit in you. So you don't have just an arm and one leg. You have the whole Holy Spirit. Oh, well, I didn't get this gift. I didn't get this part. I only got one-third of the Holy Spirit. No. No, all of the gifts are in you. They just need to be ignited. You just need to know they're in you. You need to know how to connect with him who's in you for you to be released and then for others. So a lot of us, why we're not in the fullness is because we, don't, we haven't tapped into the fullness that is already in us. It's already in you. You just haven't tapped into it. So we're doing our Christian world outside, looking for other people to speak and minister, but we haven't tapped into the answer that's in us. The fullness of him, it's in you. Mark 16, real quick, the Great Commission. Every church on earth loves the Great Commission. There's no division about the Great Commission. Um, Later he appeared to the eleven as they sat at the table. He rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. And he said to them, okay, here's the Great Commission. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. That's where most of the church stops the Great Commission. And they do good things. They go to different places, they preach the gospel, and it's great. All the church, no one has an issue with that. However, Jesus was not done talking. He was mid-sentence, and they're still read in your Bible, so you can't just stop when he's still talking and it's still red, you have to let him finish his thought. And so the Great Commission goes on to say, and these signs will follow those who believe. Wait a minute. These signs will follow my chosen anointed people? These signs will follow TV evangelists? These signs will follow only your pastor and one other anointed person in the church? No. These signs will follow those who believe. I believe. Are you a believer? These signs will follow me and you. In my name, they will cast out demons. Every believer. Does that mean you operate only in a deliverance ministry? No. Does that mean you're called to have a deliverance ministry? No. But if you have the Spirit of God in you and you know how to tap into that and someone is is tormented and has something affecting them, you can just pray for them and just loose it. That's called just being a Christian, just normal walking around being a Christian. Activated. A carrier. A carrier of life. A carrier of freedom for anyone who needs it. You don't have to set up shop and have a deliverance ministry, but you carry the deliverer in you. You just don't know it. It doesn't need to be fancy pants. You just pray. You just pray. But we have to know we have it. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. Ooh, that's my favorite. They will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Praying in tongues is so crucial. If I could teach one message for the rest of time, for the rest of my life, that's the message I would teach. I'm not going to teach it right now. I'm might teach. i going to teach a little bit of it tonight. I know tonight is for the youth, but if you're not the youth and you want to understand more about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the power, come tonight. Because hearing, one of the ways we hear it's so key is to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Every believer has the Holy Spirit. Every believer has the Holy Spirit. But to be baptized in the Holy Spirit is a separate experience. It's like saying, oh, well, once you're a Christian, you're automatically baptized in water. No, you're not just automatically baptized in water. You have to go and get dunked and have that experience. It's the same thing with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And the gift of tongues, there's more division about this than I think anything else in the church. You know why there's more division? Because it's that crucial to having a powerful walk. And where the enemy knows that a key is that important, he comes to divide. But we as believers cannot be ignorant. 1 Corinthians 12, we cannot be ignorant. We have to understand that where the areas where there's division in the church, spiritual warfare, the enemy, a lot of church doesn't even like to talk about the enemy. They they won't even say enemy because they think you're glorifying the enemy. How the heck are you going to be successful in this fight of faith battling an enemy if you don't even acknowledge you have an enemy? Hello? I'm not glorifying the enemy, but I I better understand I have one, and I better understand the tools God's given me to fight him, or I'm not going to do very well. (laughs) Tongues are crucial, my friends. Oh, my gosh, I could talk about it for five hours. Even those of you who have the gift of tongues, I'm just going to say this, you're probably not using it very often. Tongues changed my life. Getting in the secret place, praying in the spirit, for minutes for minutes for hours for hours praying building myself up on my most holy faith Jude 20 praying in the holy ghost strengthening my spirit man because god's god is a still small voice the voice of the world is loud the voice of the enemy is bombarding the spirit of the world is loud but god's voice is still so the more you pray in tongues the more you are sensitizing your spirit to to block out the loud voice and to tune into that still small that has the answer for you, go this way, do this, trust me, it's okay, I love you, you're going to make it, this is what I have for your life. See that's the still small voice and he's always talking, we just need to know what to shut down and then what to open to hear the still small voice that's always talking and tongues are a huge bridge for that, it's not crazy, I promise you, it's not crazy. You're crazy now. You need tongues to be less crazy. Please, if if we could all hear the thoughts. We're crazy now, but the more tongues get you more sane. I can't teach on it all because we don't have time. I just want you to understand that the gifts are for all. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 12. Is this good? Is this speaking to you? So for some people, this is going to just spark and kind of ignite a a hunger for something that maybe you didn't even realize you would be hungry for. And then when I go, that this will start to go deeper and deeper, and then something will be ignited. See, what's so amazing about giving people, helping people come into the gift of the Holy Spirit, is no matter how good of a teacher you are, you leave and you're gone. And people are like, oh, that message, it was so good. Well, wh- what did they talk about? Oh, I don't remember, but it was good. <laughs> it's gone. But when you leave someone with the Holy Spirit, they have that forever. And then you, that will change your walk with God. The more you're in God's presence praying in other tongues, the more your walk with God will change. Does it make you a greater believer? No. Does it make you more, you know, superior? No. But is it, does it open the door for greater intimacy and greater connection and hearing his voice? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. It does. It's a key. It's a key that God's given us, which is why the enemy wants to pull it out of the church. Okay, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Oh, You know what? I'm not going to do it for time. I'm just going to say this. In verse 11, it talks about how the same spirit works all these things, but it distributes to each one according to how he wills. And that's where people misunderstand the scripture. They think, well, it's one spirit, and then the Holy Spirit distributes. I'm going to distribute the gift of healing to you, and I'm going to distribute word of knowledge to you, and I'm going to distribute this to you. No, no, no. He, how he distributes it is I have the Holy Spirit inside of me all of it God doesn't choose and pick me to distribute a gift to me I have the full functioning Holy Spirit alive inside of me but when someone's in front of me that needs the prophetic the Lord comes through in the prophetic when someone needs healing he comes through with healing if someone needs deliverance he comes through with deliverance so he doesn't drop gifts on you like like uh, you know a stork drops babies from heaven <laughs> The baby's already in you. Oh, this is good. That's a whole new. Woo. Babies don't get dropped from the sky like a gift. It's in you. <laughs> it's all in you. You want to hear something else kind of cool for the ladies? But men, you can tune into this too. Do you know women, when we're born, every egg that we will ever have, it's already in us. 1.3 million? So he's already taught this. You're teaching it better than me. i got to write that down. I just love that. It just shows that all the life producing, all the everything we're ever going to need, he puts it in right at the beginning. It's all there. We don't have to go look for it. You don't have to go look for your purpose in God. You don't have to go look for the giftings. It's in you. You just have to know how to activate what's already in you. So, how do you, let's just get right onto the, my nugget. How do you prophesy if you don't hear How can you prophesy if you don't hear? Well, if you don't hear, one, I help you in my book learn how to hear. Tongues, two, really helps you how to hear. But I'm gonna give you a little nugget about how you can begin to prophesy before you even start to hear. Ephesians six, a lot of us know Ephesians six, the armor of God. Do you know that all of our pieces of armor are defensive weapons? We only have one offensive weapon, and that is the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. As believers, we all get a sword. No one's sword is bigger or better. But a lot of us don't know we have a sword, and a lot of us don't really know how to use our sword, and mastery of the sword is up to us. Mastery of my sword is up to me. Oh, gosh. I need to have three sessions. That's my thing. I can't do it in one session because I can't teach it fully, but I'm just going to give you a nugget. When I realized I had a sword, it changed my life. When God started teaching me in the book of Proverbs, I read the book of Proverbs, and you know in Proverbs, it's almost 100 times where God talks about your mouth, your tongue, and your lips, what you do with your mouth, your tongue, and your lips. And before I was a Christian, I thought, well, what do you do with your mouth, your tongue, and your lips? You just say whatever you think, and you say whatever you feel. And God said, yeah, and look where that got you. You know, that's what normal people do. That's what unsaved people, not even unsaved, a lot of saved people do that too. That's what the natural person does, but the spiritual person does not do that. See, the natural person says what they see, says what they feel, but the spiritual person lives according to Romans 4.17. I speak those things that are not as though they are. See, I don't speak what I see. I speak what's not as though it is. I speak the truth of the word and not the fact of the situation. Because when I was all a mess, my situation, you know, uh, it was not good. It was not good. I was fearful. I was anxious. I was tormented. So I would just say all day long, I'm fearful, I'm anxious, I'm tormented. And you just root things deeper into existence the more you speak it, because the mouth, the sword, has so much power. So when God started to tell me what to do, I got a notebook And I started and I wrote down in my notebook every lie the enemy fed me, everything that was going wrong in my life, and then I found scripture to combat that. So when I was dealing with fear, I didn't go ask a million people to pray for me. I picked up my sword and said "2 Timothy 1.7, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. And I would say that scripture again and again and again and again until fear was annihilated. Yeah, Anxiety. I am anxious for nothing but in everything, through prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. I make my request known to God and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guards my heart and mind through Christ Jesus. I rebuke that anxiety. God has not given me a spirit of anxiety. When that pressure of the enemy would want to come to make me binge and eat, I would say no, I have food to eat of which you do not know. My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. So listen, you know what I was doing there? I was prophesying. I didn't need someone to come and say, you know what, you're going to make it, and God has a plan for you, even though that's awesome too. I love prophets. I love to prophesy. I love the prophetic gifting. I can't imagine walking in God without the prophetic gifting. I mean, please, we've all been in a place where it's been dark, and you get a prophetic word either through someone or through God, and it just gives you what you need. It's amazing. I love it. But what else is amazing is you can prophesy your own self happy. You can prophesy to your own self and you can shift the dynamics in your own life with your own mouth. You are a prophet. You don't even need to hear God first. You just find what the word says and you start to prophesy it. You start to declare it. Now, do you know that prophecy is actually a command? It's a command from God that we prophesy. I don't have time, but you can look at Ezekiel 37, some of my favorite scripture, where he goes and, and God puts him into a dry, dead thing land where all dry dead things were around him have you ever looked around your life and it's been dry and dead and 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 he says god what do i do and he just wants god to do a miracle or tell him what to do and he says you prophesy you prophesy over the dead things and he prophesies and he sees a little bit of stuff happen but not all the way because it doesn't always happen in a miracle you got to be diligent you got to fight you got to fight the good fight of faith and he goes back to god well it's not all better what do i do now and he said prophesy keep prophesying and then things started to come to life. You are a prophet. You are prophetic. You are prophetic. You are prophetic. I can hear something and prophesy it, but I can also just start prophesying according to God's nature and his will. God has a plan for you, there's an anointing on your life. God loves you. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. That's prophecy. That might not be as specific because maybe if you haven't learned to hear yet, but you can just start prophesying according to the word. And let me tell you, when you just start prophesying like that and speaking the word, all of a sudden the spirit comes right in. And then you start, wait a minute, I'm getting a word of knowledge. Like it starts getting specific. I can start with anyone right now and just be general, just tell you 20 things that are general I can say to any person. And then all of a sudden the spirit starts to come in. And then it starts getting word of knowledge, starts getting specific. And I can do that because I've honed it. I've ignited it. I've used my sword. I've spent time in tongues. I've spent time speaking the word, reading the word, knowing the word, practicing prophecy. But you can all do it. But you just got to practice. Deuteronomy 30:19. I set before you death and life. Choose life. It's a good multiple choice. I mean, he doesn't you don't even have to guess. I've set before you death and life. Choose life. One of the ways we choose life is by speaking life. It's one of the messages I teach all over the country, getting all of us to use our mouth, speaking life, speaking the word. It's so powerful. God loves us so much, and he wants to change our lives. But the Bible doesn't say God watches over all of our needs to meet our needs. The Bible doesn't say that. I'm looking to and fro to see the needs of my people where I can meet their needs. No, you know what the Bible says? I watch over my word to perform it. Do you realize the power that we have? When I speak his word, angels are watching and moving, and I start to shift things in the atmosphere because God watches over his word to perform it. So when I don't look at my circumstances and I say, no, this is what's true. This is what the word says. Yes, my body is healed. Jesus died on the cross. When I stop talking this and I start talking his word, God is watching over his word, and he starts to bring his word to pass. You can prophesy. You can prophesy. You can prophesy. We're all a prophetic people. And this is the year, 2017, that the word has got to start coming forth out of, our, out of our mouths. You know, this is the way that Jesus prayed more than any other way. He declared. He declared things with authority. It's a whole other message. But he spoke things out. So here's what we're going to do. That was a little teaching. Now we're going to do some hands-on training. I want to teach you how to get your sword activated. Let's stand up. I'm just going to flow whatever the Lord puts in my spirit. As I say it, you repeat it. Say it with a little conviction, even if you don't feel it, even if you don't believe it, it doesn't matter what you feel and believe. The word of God is bigger than what you feel and believe. But I feel sad. Well, get over it. Speak powerfully. I'm going to help shift you. I wanna shift you. Doesn't matter what I feel, you ready? I am strong in the Lord. I am strong in the Lord. Lord. It It does not matter what I'm going through, what my circumstances are, I am above them because I am strong in the Lord and in the power Of his might, I can do all things through Christ, who strengthens me. Thank you, Lord. Say it. Thank you, Lord, that you are with me. I feel your presence now. I feel you around me. I feel you in me right now. I declare that all of you that's in me, awaken, awaken, awaken. The life that is in me is pushing out. Death is pushing out. Depression is pushing out. Sickness, no sickness can be in my body. You know why? Enemy? Because Jesus, died on the cross, he bore all sickness and all disease, therefore, that cannot live in my body. And I will stand on that truth for as long as it takes until I see the circumstances line up with that truth. With my mouth, I cancel every word curse spoken against me by people, by doctors, by friends, by family, anything that brought death, I cancel it. Now, in Jesus' name, it has no power. It has no power. Yes, I can. Yes, I will. Because all things are possible to those who believe. And I believe, I believe, faith, rise up. Faith, rise up. I am full of faith. I am full of faith. God can do it in my marriage. He can do it. He can turn things around. God can do it in my finances. He is doing it. He is turning things around. God's hand is on my children. He is doing it. He is turning things around. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am. I'm unique. There's no one like me. That's not prideful. It's not prideful to know that I'm special, that I'm special in God, that there's no one like me, that I am loved. I receive your love love. right now for for me. Breathe it in. Oh, Prince of Peace, say it, oh, Prince of Peace. Oh, Prince of Peace, flood me with your peace. I am being renewed in the spirit of my mind. I am being renewed in the spirit of my mind. Holy Spirit, quicken me when I come into agreement with thoughts that are not from you. Help me to cast them down and to replace them with the truth. has a plan. God has a plan for my life. And it's good. And it's good. My best days are not behind me, but before me. The best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. God is for me. If God is for me, who can stand against me? I thank you, Father, that you are opening doors, that you are making a way. Yes, you are. I will no longer come into agreement with negative thoughts about myself condemnation you're a liar because the Word of God says that there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ I am in Christ therefore there is no condemnation toward me condemnation I break you I resist you go in Jesus name And now I put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. You are good. You are awesome. You are the King of kings. You are the Lord of lords. As I praise, heaviness is broken, is lifted. Go, go, doubt, go. Despair, Despair. Go. go you you have no place Go, go. get off of me, off of me. Whew. Off of me. Whew. Whew. There it is there it is there it is there it is just I receive I receive I receive Who I receive I receive I receive I receive, I receive. I receive. I THANK YOU, HOLY SPIRIT, THAT WHAT I'VE LEARNED TODAY WILL NOT BE FORGOTTEN, BUT FROM THIS MOMENT FORTH, YOU ARE GOING TO LEAD ME INTO ALL TRUTH. SO I PICK UP MY SWORD, I PICK UP THE WORD, AND I'M READY. HERE I GO, DECLARING AND PROPHESYING MYSELF INTO the freedom that you died to give me. Lord, open my ear that I might hear you so that what you tell me in the dark, what you whisper in my ear, I can proclaim boldly on the rooftop. I am a part of God's plan for this earth. I am, I am. Therefore, I come against every demonic hindrance that has held me back. I am fulfilling the call and destiny on my life. I am united in the body of Christ. I'm not the whole thing. But I'm a peace, and no one else, no one else has my peace. (sighs) From this day forward, what's in me is now. Coming into its fullness. For he who is in me is greater than he who is in the world. (laughs) Now, Father, I just thank you, Lord, that you're touching your people. I thank you that you're a God who loves to heal. I just pray right now for those who've been struggling with depression, that today is a turnaround, that that spirit is being loosed. And then you're gonna come in and help them to renew the mind and the grooves, the strongholds of thinking to no longer come into agreement with that spirit. I thank you, Father, that fear is being broken. I come against heaviness and despair. You have got to go, you're a liar. All things are possible. I thank you, Father, for hope rising up, for faith rising up. I thank you, Lord, for new paths are opening for many here. I thank you, Lord, for your healing anointing going through the body right now. Right now, those joints that were tight, that arthritis right now being healed and loosed. I come against every generational spirit and generational hindrance. We break that with the authority we have in Christ. Thank you, Father, that your healing balm is going through the hearts right now. I let go. Just say, I let go of offense. I let go of unforgiveness. It's done. Hmm. I receive your healing anointing. start moving your body. If there's a place that it was tight, if there was a place that it was hurting, just feel, just feel God's presence going in there. Just know it. Just see it. Just see it. Yes, 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 yes. God loves me and he wants to heal me. Yes, his healing anointing is for today and it's for right now, right now. Thank you, God. I receive, I receive, I receive everything you have. Thank you, Lord. I receive, I receive. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, my God, for doing the work that only you can do. Healing, healing, healing healing. Thank you, Father, that you're setting the captives free. Thank you, Father, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, that infirmity is going. Thank you, Father, that infirmity in the digestive system right now is being healed. Thank you, Father, that all foods are sanctified, that I can eat things, that all foods are being healed. Thank you, Father, that you're moving mightily on the digestive system and the GI tract. Thank you, Father, for that acid reflux is going. I'm breaking that right now in Jesus' mighty name. That acid reflux is going to stop in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for those joints that are being loosed right now, those knees and ankles. If that's you, just bend. Start to do things you couldn't do. If you feel that God's moving in your body right now, just raise your hand. Just let's see. You feel God's moving in your body. Hallelujah. You feel things changing? You feel things were were hurting and are being loosened? If you feel God's moving right in your heart or in your in your mind, if you feel a lot of peace, just raise your hand right now. If you feel God's presence, see, there it is. His presence is right there for the taking. We just have to enter in, and one way we enter in is through his word. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Prince of Peace. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, my God. Thank you, Father. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, God. You're so good. Thank